You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 43, airing on June 25th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic is how to lead extroverts and introverts. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders and the return of our series on personality. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from our studio out here in Orange County, California. And I am joined again this week, as promised, by Bonnie Stahoviak, who's back to talk with us about personality and one of the dichotomies of personality preference that is helpful in helping us not only understand ourselves, but how to lead others. Welcome back, Bonnie. Thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to our talk about a often misunderstood dichotomy of personality. I've been thinking about this a whole lot this week. And in particular, I've been thinking about it as I've been interacting with people this week. And the dichotomy that we're going to be looking at today is the difference between a preference of extroversion and introversion. And if you know anything about personality, you've probably heard these two terms used before. And uh, many people have a preference that tends to lean one way or the other. And it is one uh, one tool that helps us to understand personality a little bit more effectively. And probably the first person who used these terms with any um, with any frequency was Carl Jung. And in fact, um, Carl Jung did uh, was uh, kind of like grandfather of personality research. And his research is what the uh, Myers-Briggs type indicator, one of the most popular personality instruments, is based upon today. And uh, his research is also based upon many of the other personality models and instruments that you've probably seen or heard of. There's a colors one, there's one with animals, there's the MBTI, (laughs) you name it, you can find uh, something on personality. And many of them are based upon the original work of Carl Jung. And one of the things that Carl Jung looked at was the difference between extroversion and introversion. So before we talk about the differences between them, how to lead people with these different preferences, I thought it might be fun, uh, Bonnie, for us to talk about what our preferences are around this. So uh, I'm going to let you start and uh, fill us in on uh, which side do you tend to fall onto? Well, last week in the episode on introducing personality, we talked about the use of assessments in as one potential indicator of your personality preferences. And you might remember us cautioning against calling these things tests. And then I proceeded to call them tests. I think you lost count at 10. <laughs> Something like that. In my defense, I, I was thinking of do it as... Do as we say, not as we actually do. Well, I do. was thinking of it as, you know, when people use it as a test for hiring, it doesn't make a good test because it's Correct. really not a test. But that's my excuse and I'm going to stick to it. Hey, I'm all for it. But when I take that test slash assessment, what it tells me is that I'm strongly an introvert. Mm. And it's wrong. Yes, <laughs> and it is. How it is wrong is because when you take these different dichotomies, the Myers-Briggs type indicator happens to have four of them. And when you take them and you don't recognize that they actually work independent or interdependently of each other, 
then you can misunderstand them. So when I would take it, it would say things like, do I like to go to big parties and talk to lots of people? And I'm always the last person to leave, or I just love meeting new people and new opportunities to network. And those two particular activities are not my favorite things. And so while there are certainly aspects of my personality that that really tend toward extroversion, it is a specific interrelationship with another personality dichotomy that mm. we'll be getting to in future weeks. So for me, it's all about getting more meaningful connections. And when I have those meaningful connections with other people, then I really do get engaged and energized. So one of the things that we look at in terms of introversion versus extroversion is where do you draw your energy from? And for me, just being around people in general isn't the energy booster. But when I'm around people, or a person, you know, getting those deeper connections where we're talking about what's going on in our lives, the challenges we're having, the things we're excited about for the future, then I can really get energized and do all the classic extroversion things of losing track of time and really enjoying myself and leaving really feeling energized. Hmm, interesting. And one of the things that I would think about is I teach at a university, as some of you may have heard before, and I work with 18 to 22 year olds. And I love when you get that sense of trust and mentoring with the student and they'll share their lives with you. And I'm really blessed to get to walk alongside these students when they are dealing with some really challenging things in their lives. And the fact that they would trust me enough to share those painful times in their lives, you know, that that's really something that I enjoy about my job. But boy, by the time I'd leave and get home, I was exhausted. Well, no wonder, because I was there four hours and teaching all day. So it, it's not surprising that I might show up differently on the assessment. How about you, Dave? What is your preference? Well, it's interesting before I answer that. I think that's one of the reasons you probably thought that you really did have that introversion preference for a long time because you do tend to tire out mm-hmm. <laughs> quickly when you're around people for a long period of time. But you do also draw your energy from that, yes. which I think is interesting. Yes. You know, for a long time, if you had asked me five, six years ago on uh, what my preference was, I would have told you... I for sure was an extrovert. And the reason is, is because I have always been in jobs where there were a lot of extroverted type functions that I had to do and responsibilities I had to do on a regular basis. And I did that a lot as part of my day. And I was in organizations and business. And so I not only believe, had a belief that I was an extrovert or had a preference for it, uh, but I also believed that it was better to be an have a preference for extroversion than introversion and that you would be more successful in an organization if you had a preference for extroversion. And when I went through a workshop about four or five years ago, I guess it was this workshop we went through and realized that I actually, my preferences were more introversion preferences, actually strongly introversion preferences. Uh, I was really bummed. You remember, I was really, uh, I had to struggle with that for a couple of days and uh, kind of went into a hole. And I, I remember being in denial, like, no, I can't be an introvert <laughs> because I just had this belief that I confused what I did on a regular basis with my natural preferences. But now I realize that indeed I do have a very strong preference for introversion. Um, I still like doing the extroverted things that I do. I love being around people and doing the things that I do in my career. But my default setting, uh, where I tend to draw my energy from, is internally. So, uh, so uh, yeah, we're very different in that way. That's one of the things I really dislike about how people have misunderstood this introversion versus extroversion over so many years is, oh, introverts don't like people. 
And I really get frustrated by that. Yeah. And, and I, I can remember back to when we were taking that class and we were driving the 45 minute drive back and forth each day. And uh-huh. they told us, you know, you're not supposed to tell the other person, this is who you are. This is not who you are. And so I'm biting my tongue <laughs> so hard in the car as you're really struggling through because there's a lot of, as you said, kind of societal things that sometimes will have more of a bias toward extroversion and, and boy, we're really now discovering a lot more and you're going to hear more in this series about really the value that introversion can bring to organizations Mm. and also to relationships. Yeah. And I really value that preference now. And I've learned how to really uh, honor that preference that I have and to work with it and to take advantage of the strengths of that preference. So, uh, so we will talk about that a whole bunch and how you can be successful in organizations, not only leading people with these different preferences, but also, um, what preferences you have yourself. And one of the great things is, is that research shows that leaders can be just as successful regardless of their preference around introversion and extroversion. So as we're uh, going through this in more detail here in just a few minutes, uh, you may have some comments or questions for us or want to engage on the dialogue of what we're talking about here on the website where we have the show notes. So if you'd like to do that, be sure to go to coachingforleaders.com. This is episode number 43, and you can scroll down on the show notes there and enter the conversation by uh, through comments at the bottom there. You can also call in any questions or feedback to our hotline. That is 949-38-LEARN, or you can send email to our feedback email address, and that is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. So I thought we'd start off uh, here by doing a quick introduction to what the different preferences are and some of the definitions that CPP, who's the publisher of the Myers-Briggs type instrument utilizes for describing what uh, preference means. Dave and I have used the word preference, I think 900 times so far in the podcast. So just as a reminder from the last episode, we both can be introverted or extroverted and you listening Mm -hmm. can be introverted or extroverted. It's and Dave used that great example last time of just your favorite room in the house. It's not like you don't use the living room if you your favorite room is the kitchen. It's just where kind of your default setting, where might you wind up? And according to the introduction to type, an extroversion preference would like to focus on the outer world of people and activity. They would direct their energy and out, outwardly and receive energy from others and action. Whereas an introversion preference, uh, according to introduction to type, says uh introversion preference likes to focus on the inner world of ideas and experiences. Uh, You know, those of us who have an introversion preference tend to direct our energy inward more and receive energy more from reflecting on our thoughts, ideas, feelings, and memories. And to what Bonnie just said, I mean, everyone does all of these things. And that's actually one of the reasons that it's so hard sometimes to figure out preferences is because if you asked all of my clients what my preference was, they would say, I have an extroversion preference. And the reason is because that's what they see me doing, but they don't see me at home and on the weekends and the, the things that I tend to default to. So so that's one of the things that t- sometimes makes this complicated to figure out where you fall on those preferences. And we'll talk about some tools and resources you can have to figure out which side you tend to fall on, but we all do all of these. And Dave, I also think for you, people might think that you're more extroverted because you have wonderful people skills. And because, because there's this misunderstanding about 
introversion that, you know, introverts don't like people and they they don't like being around people. It's, first of all, a myth, Mm -hmm. both in my experience as well as what's drawn out of the research. But also, I mean, you just really put that stereotype, you know, stereotypical thinking to rest. So I think it's because you're so wonderful, warm and caring and expressive with people. So thanks. Well, I feel the same way about you. And I do know people who don't like other people, but it doesn't correlate to whether or not they're an (laughs) introvert or, or have an extroversion preference. I love being around people. I just take it in smaller doses than others. I love to spend a day. In fact, I was just telling someone yesterday, Bonnie, because I had this whole day on the road with people on the phone. I was like nonstop from like eight in the morning until five o'clock at night. And I had so much fun. And today I spent the entire day in my office and I was so looking forward to just working alone and working independently. Mm -hmm. So I really do enjoy both. But when I have a day or two together where I've got tons of interactions, I really need a day or two of space to just work independently. Whereas a lot of times folks with an extroversion preference don't necessarily need that day or that time of space of working independently. So um, so let's, uh, oh, you know what? I wanted to read a quick passage here from uh, a book that just came out recently. I think we mentioned this on last episode. It's a book that just came out. It's on the New York Times bestseller list. It's called Quiet. The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And it's by Susan Cain. And I wanted to mention this book because I got a great um, quote in here for it. But I'm also going to, she's going to be on the show next week. So great. Uh, I just interviewed her very recently. So I'm going to be airing that interview with her next week. And um, by the way, my reason for citing this book is not to say that those with an introversion preference are any better or any more effective than those with an extroversion preference. We need both in organizations. We need both in leadership roles. Um, however, extra extroversion preferences tend to get more attention. They Absolutely. tend to get noticed more. And one of the things I like about Susan Cain's book is she's really brought to attention the importance and the power that introverts bring to organizations. So she's not saying one is better or worse. But uh, here's, here's a couple of thoughts from her book. Uh, she says, human extroverts have... <laughs> Well, here, you know, I'm starting with sex. So there you go. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, you didn't think you were going to hear about sex in the Coaching for Leaders show this no, week. No, no. But you're going to hear about sex. This is the PG-13 I show. I did not see this coming. Here we are. Human extroverts uh, tend to have more sex partners than introverts do, um, a boon to any species wanting to reproduce itself. But they also commit more adultery and divorce more frequently, which is not a good thing for children. Uh, extroverts exercise more, but introverts suffer fewer accidents and traumatic injuries. (laughs) Extroverts enjoy wider networks of social support, but also commit more crimes. Uh, And Carl, she quotes Carl Jung, uh, who says that uh, extroversion consists in a high high rate of fertility with lower powers of defense and short duration of life for the single individual, whereas introversion consists in equipping the individual with numerous means of self-preservation, plus a low fertility rate. So I think what this means is that um, to overly stereotype this is you're going to have more fun, but I'm going to live longer. Well, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of not stereotyping people, but yes, um, hopefully I won't be living up to some of the things that you just yeah, read. <laughs> but, but I do think some of that research is interesting that, um, you know, there are benefits to both sides of how you live your life, of how you interact with people, of how you have different preferences. And one of the things that there's not just benefits, but also that we, we each of us, when, when we're different, need to be able to flex, to lead people who are different than Absolutely. us. So I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about how to lead those with more of a preference for extroversion and then how to lead when you're the extrovert. 
And then Dave is going to spend some few minutes doing the same thing for introversion. Great. So how to lead those with an extroversion preference. To begin with, you want to give them lots of opportunities to communicate their ideas and thoughts. And that space, that room to do that, the opportunities to do that will be a great way for you to tap into their strengths and also to give them energy. And when they have that energy, they'll be more motivated and more productive in the workplace. Mm. You want to also consider, are there ways that you might use their abilities to connect with people, oftentimes right off the bat, to use that in perhaps sales interactions? And so if you've got someone who's more extroverted, is there an opportunity to bring them along in a sales call to perhaps explain the complex, you know, IT security solution that you're selling? You know, they might really be able to do that well if that's their preference and, and be able to communicate that. And just to reinforce that point, I have worked with someone for about eight years now who's a colleague of mine who is just has a strong extroversion preference. And she is fantastic to have along at meetings and meeting people because she will become best friends with whoever it is by the end of the 20, 30, 45 minutes. And it's fantastic for building relationships. So that's where uh, those with an extroversion preference bring a tremendous value to building relationships quickly. You also want to recognize that they can become impatient with a slow pace. And I say this somewhat sarcastically because Dave, <laughs> Dave's over on the other side of the table going, I, I'm not supposed to crack up when she says that. In my case, yeah. I often become impatient with a slow pace. And so you want to give them indicators of movement, showing that progress that's happening along the way whenever it's possible. And you also want to give extroverts feedback on a regular mm. basis. And of course, Dave talks often on Coaching for Leaders about the importance of feedback. It is paramount with an extrovert to give them that feedback and, and perhaps use their skills in making feedback a more integral part of your organizational culture. For sure. So how do you lead someone with an extroversion preference? Well, how, oh, sorry, how do you lead when you're the extrovert, perhaps leading people who are more introverted? You want to take time to listen. And you want to be not always the one who's talking, but use silence and, and use that, the power of silence to be able to give an introvert the room that they need, the space that they need in order to contemplate things a little bit more inwardly before they express them. You want to really ask others how they want to be led instead of just making assumptions, perhaps because they took one of those assessments that we talked about yeah. and it says that you're this, or even if they've shared with you that they have a preference, but really asking someone, how would you like to be led? That's very helpful to do mm. in drawing out particularly introverts to help them guide you toward being effective in that. One of the things you want to do is to avoid using your extroversion as just an excuse for a character issue. And one of the ways that this can come up, I've seen people do this before is, well, that's just how I am. You know, I just talk out loud and that's not really what I meant. And so I didn't mean that. I, and therefore I didn't mean to hurt your feelings and therefore your feelings should not be hurt. <laughs> and there, there's problems with that logic from the very beginning. That's just how I am is not a really good way to dialogue with someone when you're having a conflict because you said sure. something inappropriate. And this is an important thing we didn't mention earlier, but those with an extroversion preference do tend to think more by speaking. They tend to think out loud, and that's how they come to conclusions and, and develop their thoughts, whereas those with an introversion preference tend to do their thinking first and then communicate once they've gone through the thinking process. And again, neither is better or worse, but that's something to be mindful of as a leader 
if you haven't thought through everything and you're kind of talking out loud, a lot of times you can confuse people about what's really important to you and what direction that you're going. Yeah. And if you've got patterns in your communication style of being defensive or being offensive and you know, you're going to start engaging in a real negative type of conversation, then later on come back and say, well, I was just thinking out loud. That's just how I am. Any personality preference is not an excuse for poor behavior for not treating someone well. Mm -hmm. And so this whole thinking out loud, I try to think about is whatever it is I'm thinking out loud about helpful to the other person. Is that going to be a helpful thing for them to hear about? So one of the things we can do is give ourselves timeouts when we need them. And Dave and I, our our little boy, Luke is too young now to use timeouts, but they're coming because we're going to do our best to avoid any kind of spanking in our ways we raise our little boy. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things they'll, they'll need sometimes is just that time out. And they try to tell you not to have it be as a punishment, although often kids will associate it with that, but to try to have it more just be that space to think and reflect on what happened and perhaps another different choice that could be made. And we right. adults can really use our timeouts well. The other day I was speaking with someone about something and she said, you know, let me think about that for a little bit. And I thought, ah. Oh, I don't do that enough. I think I have to have the answer right then. And we can always say, let me think about that. And when we're engaged in some heated conflict, we also can have the permission to say, you know, I'm really upset right now. And I'm not sure that what I'm you know, going to talk about is going to be really helpful for what we ultimately want to gain out of this conversation. I'd like to take a little bit of time to, to reflect. And, and we can do that as extroverts, even though it may not be our preference, but it can be a good tool to use. And lastly, We want to recognize that venting does not actually live up to its reputation. So the word venting kind of means that things are coming out. So therefore there's less pressure built up inside of whatever it is that's venting. Mm. Well, a lot of the research today is showing that actually our venting when we do it either makes it just stay the same or actually can make it worse. And there's this whole idea behind our emotions being contagious. So I can come home and vent with Dave about what a rotten day I had at at work. But if there's nothing productive coming out of it, like some, you know, good course of action I'm going to take to do things differently, then I might just wind up having myself more focused on the negative aspects of my day and also bring Dave down in the process. So Hmm. I'm not saying that I don't ever vent or think venting can be healthy, but it might not always be healthy. And sometimes we can do the mode of thinking about the things that went well and thinking about the positive and drawing from that kind of energy as well. Yeah, cool. All right. So how to lead others who have or tend to have more of an introversion preference. And uh, if you are leading folks with an introversion preference, which most likely you are, if you're leading any size group of people, uh, research says about a third to, it depends what book you read, uh, anywhere from a quarter to half of the population is has an introversion preference. Um, more of the research I've seen tends to be more than a quarter to a third, but I've seen as recent as high as a half. So, um, so here's a couple of guidelines if you're leading someone who has an introversion preference is uh, number one, don't surprise them. Uh, those of us who have an introversion preference tend more to like to have time to internalize things, think about things, think things through before we respond to them. So surprises don't tend to be something that um, those with an introversion preference tend to enjoy as much. And going right along with that, give them time to respond. Uh, one of the most common things that I see come up in leaders leading groups of and teams of people is when you have a team meeting or get together for a staff meeting is the person who talks the most and is loudest 
tends to be perceived as having the best ideas. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times the introverts in the room uh, have great ideas, but they just haven't had the time to really think through them yet. And so uh, one thing I always coach uh, leaders, I've, I've had many times where leaders said, well, I'm just not getting feedback from a lot of the people that I'm leading in staff meetings. And one of the very first things I'll always recommend is um, tell people in advance what you're going to be talking about the staff meeting. Send out the agenda a day or two in advance. Give them time to think and see if the folks who have more of an introversion preference will be more likely than to contribute their ideas because they've had time to think about them in advance. Um, keep in mind that uh, those with an introversion preference are often doing their best work when you don't see them. Uh, I know for me, I do my best work when I am sitting in my office alone, uh, focusing on a project for a couple of hours. So just because you don't see them or you don't see them interacting with others doesn't mean that they're not working hard. In fact, that's one of the times that they tend to be working the most. Um, introverts, uh, in, a lot of times, unnecessary group work irritates them. Although I say this, Bonnie, and I know that this is one of your pet peeves as well, too. So um, you know, this is something I think that can frustrate a lot of us, but um, introvert, those who have an introversion preference by nature tend to feel more comfortable working alone. So um, now I say this, I love working with other people. I just want there to be a really good reason to be collaborating with other people. If it's something that I could just as easily do myself, I don't want to have um, group work for the sake of having group work. So just keep that in mind when you're leading introverts. Um, also give them a physical space to work independently. Um, one thing, Bonnie, that has frustrated me over the years, anytime I'm in an environment where I'm trying to do work and there's tons of traffic going by or I can't close a door or there's people talking all around me, I really have a, a hard time focusing and getting anything done or being productive. So that's something just to keep in mind. And then um, a lot of times uh, those with those of us with an introversion preference tend not to multitask as well. And of course, the research says that none of us multitask really well. But um, we have a harder time doing a, a handling a bunch of different things going on at once. And I know I, in particular, tend to be very inflexible when I have multiple things on my plate. I don't handle that well. I don't do well when people are asking me do it, to do four things at once. So it's really helpful for me to be able to have the space and the time to work on something um, sequentially. So now how to lead if you have an introversion preference. Uh, first and foremost, um, I would love to believe that the world is just all thought out, deliberate, structured, uh, think things through all the time. But the reality is, is that's just not the case. People and organizations don't work that way. So those of us who have an introversion preference, if I was going to give you two words of advice, be flexible. Uh, you know, I always have to remind myself the world is not going to end if we don't do it the way that I've planned it out in advance. Uh, so that's something I always have to remember. So absolutely be flexible. Um, also, let people know what you are thinking. Um, you, those of you who listen to the show regularly uh, heard Michael Hyatt on the show about three, four weeks ago, and he has described himself as an introverted leader. And one of the things he talks about in his book and, and some of his writings is that when he became a CEO, he, had to, he learned that a lot of times he would think things through in his mind, but he'd realize he hadn't really ever communicated that to anyone else. And so one of the things he had to learn as a leader is really reminding people and telling people what was going on in his mind. And I found that true for me as well, Bonnie, that if um, I more often will default to, I'll think something through, I'll have this grandiose idea about it, and then I won't ever actually tell anybody what my ideas or my plans are, or I'll be leading a team. And people will start asking me questions and wondering where we're going. And I'll think, oh, I've already thought all that out, but I never actually told anybody about it. So let people know what you're thinking. And then finally, 
explain to people uh, that you might not always seem fully engaged. Um, one of the things that tends to happen if you're a leader and you have an introversion preference is you may sometimes look like you're spending time sitting back or internalizing something. This just happened to me this week. I was at a class. I was observing a instructor and I was at the back of the room and I was thinking hard and I was also doing some work on something else as I was observing. And I realized about a half hour through the class, the person that I was observing must have thought that I was not at all engaged, didn't want to listen to him, and that I wasn't at all interested in what he had to say. And I remind, I actually told him at the break, because I realized this, because I was thinking about this this week. Uh, I said, you know, hey, David, you know, I just want to let you know, I'm actually thinking really hard. I'm writing some things down. So if I look like I'm not engaged, don't don't take that as a negative comment, commentary on what you're doing. That's just kind of tends to be how I watch things. So at the start of the show, Dave mentioned that there really is kind of a bias toward extroversion out there, particularly in the business world. And we want to kind of break that myth now. There is very little evidence that one's type predicts performance mm, yeah. and leads to success. And there are a couple of researchers, Catherine Fitzgerald and Linda Kirby, who wrote Developing Leaders, that in fact, there's 16 different MBI, MBTI types. And there are four that are the most common in senior leadership roles. And of those four, two of them, half, are those with an ex, with an introversion preference. Mm-hmm. So we want to kind of break that myth and really help. And, and I think next week's show gonna, is going to do that a lot, Dave, hearing yeah, a little bit sure. more about um, that the author of that book, Quiet. So looking forward to that as well. So we want to kind of break that bias down. And as Dave said, we want to really look toward how we can leverage the strengths of both of these types. And I was trying to find the citation for this and I didn't find it. But one of the things that I was, when I was doing research on my dissertation that I would see again and again in the literature is that when you get up into the senior leadership roles, although extroversion is more prevalent in the population as a whole, when you get into the very senior leadership roles in organizations, um, introverts have a stronger uh, presence by number there than they do in the general population. So extroverts still outnumber introverts even in senior leadership, but it's much more of an even distribution. So um, so introverts can be just as effective leaders as extroverts can. And one of the other things that Fitzgerald and Kirby have found in their research is there's very little efforts, uh, very little evidence that preference on either side of this predicts performance or leads to success. You can absolutely be successful regardless of your preference. That said, there is a bias in many organizations to prefer and understand those who have an extroversion preference. And that's why we're going to take next week's episode and really talk about the introversion side and whether you have a preference for introversion or extroversion, learning how to recognize and work with those who have an introversion preference can be really, really valuable to you as a leader. So I'm really excited to be able to share that interview with Susan Cain. All of you who have a preference for extroversion, don't skip next episode because yeah. I read the book and we read it as a part of our book club, actually, that meets once a month. And I thought, oh, well, you know, this one's not for me, but, you know, we're reading the Hunger Games and that one's a lot more <laughs> a book that I loved. And so, hey, I'll tell you what, I loved that book and really think everyone will benefit by listening. And for those of you who don't listen uh, regularly, uh, I just wanted to thank Bonnie again for being on the show. If you want to know more about Bonnie, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash Bonnie, and uh, that'll tell you a little more about her. And she'll hopefully be back for uh, 
few more conversations in the coming weeks about personalities. So, uh, Bonnie, anything else you want to add before I let you go? Oh, no, thanks. Thanks for having me here. I'm glad to have you. And uh, we'll skip ahead here in a moment to community news. Well, I'm going to keep the community news pretty short this week because we are just about out of time for this episode. But just a reminder that if you have comments, questions, or feedback on anything that Bonnie and I have talked about around extroversion and introversion, or if you have comments or questions for any of our future episodes coming up here on personality, be sure to visit our website at coachingforleaders.com. And just a reminder, this is episode number 43. So scroll to the bottom of the page there when you see the show notes and you can join the conversation at the bottom of the page there. Our feedback hotline is 949-38-LEARN. Feel free to leave me a message there anytime, and I'll make sure to include that in a future show. And of course, our feedback email address is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. And one quick thank you before I let you go this week is a thank you to Thomas Stout and Manuel Ignacio Sanchez Lopez. Thank you to both of you for jumping onto our Facebook site and liking our Facebook site. You can find us on Facebook at Coaching for Leaders. Just search for us when you're on Facebook. And hey, if this show has been helpful to you, direct your browser to coachingforleaders.com forward slash iTunes. If you're an iTunes user, leave us a review. I would certainly appreciate it. And a reminder, if you use Stitcher, BlackBerry, or Zoom as well, or instead of iTunes, feel free to leave us a review there too. We certainly would appreciate it. Hey, the link to the show notes for this show is at coachingforleaders.com. We air every Monday. And a reminder, wherever you are in the world, whatever is on your agenda today, take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Take care, everyone, and have a great week.